Welcome to the Pet Grooming Business Podcast, where we give practical business advice to help you grow your pet grooming business. So without further ado, let's get going. Woof and ready. We're going to be talking all about Holly's journey in the grooming world, how she started her business and got it to where it is today. So welcome, Holly. How are you? Hello. How are you? Very good. You having you having a, a stressful week or a good week? Uh, stressful, but good. Um, so we are having some major works to our building, um, which I'll, I'll have a chat about that, but it's it's going well, thankfully. So I've, I've got an easier, slightly easier week because I'm not in work, but I am at work doing a lot of work. <laughs> Are you, um, so the work you've been done, is it all on schedule? Are you going to be open again on Monday? Yes, so far, um, the poor builders are working through the weekend because they know how important it is that I need to reopen on Monday. Um, and yeah, we've got people working all through the weekend just to try and get us open again. <laughs> nice. So tell us what um, yeah. what work you haven't done. Um, so we have a large unit which has a grooming, hygiene therapy and daycare area. Um, we're in Glossop in Derbyshire. Um just up on an industrial estate um thankfully prime parking straight outside so that's what you know with business where i was on the high street we had no parking so it was brilliant um moving here so we're having the pool room adapted to be able to have a a water treadmill in um we have a six by three meter pool room uh, six by three meter pool sorry in our pool room and we have moved it and slightly adjusted it to have some space for this water treadmill to be able to offer our dogs um, different types of therapies. Um, and we are reflooring our concrete floored daycare area um, with um, 10 millimeter thick gym matting. So our dogs are gonna feel like they're walking on air when they go on it. Um, mainly because we, we were conscious of dog's limbs you know being therapists we are conscious that we don't want our dogs walking around on concrete all day um and it's been something we've been working towards it's cost a lot of money um it's gonna cost in total four thousand six hundred to square it's a 125 square meter area i think um and so yeah it's we're excited about it actually because we've worked really hard um to be able to get there to be able to offer that to our customers um we've used basically all of the money that we've got from the government basically to reinvest in back into our business awesome. um yeah and just just having it just using the opportunity to have a massive clear out you know getting rid of all the stuff that we don't have all of our that we have we have a graveyard of arcos um so arcos have gone in the bin um and yeah, so we just taking the opportunity to have a massive spring clean and then obviously a remodel, basically, you know, um, doing the reception area as well, repainting and re-wallpapering and everything like that. So loads, loads going on. So you're, um, this is like a really big business now, but obviously you didn't start off really big, did you? Tell us about your, your journey into grooming and how it all started. Yeah, so I started um, in 2007 when I started training, um, when I did a diploma in uh, dog grooming. um, And I got fortunate with seeing a very small, tiny shed-like shop on the high street up Fent, which I, like, jumped at to to basically see if I could do it. I'm I'm a trained journalist, believe it or not. Um, Been to university to train in journalism, was working on a newspaper, just wasn't really enjoying it. Um, And my Yorkshire Terrier, who is one of the worst dogs in the world to groom, um, I thought, what have I got to lose? You've frozen, so I don't know if I can hear you or you can hear me, but... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, Yeah, brilliant. Um, and then I quickly opened, I opened the shop with zero customers. Um, and immediately, I was the only shop in the area. 
there was a mobile homer that won the air training. Um, like Cavaliers, I'd only been taught to trim up. And then one of my first customers was a clipped off Cavalier. And I was like, not going to lie, it was probably one of the worst screams I've ever done. Um, so I went and did my level three in various different places. Like, So I travelled around um, the northwest with Look North um, and... I did at Grimsey College. I did the exams um, and and different places, and really enjoyed it. Just enjoyed meeting new people. Um, I was working on my own, and I didn't really like working on my own. I very quickly figured out that alone grooming was not for me. Um, so I started employing my cousin to help me out. She just happened to be like, you know, first of all, it was a bit of killing time, but then she really loved it. So then I trained her up and then sent her on various courses. Um, she didn't feel confident to do the exams, but yeah. she is, you know, as 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 highly trained as. Um, but then there and I had Saturday girl who is Hannah who has been with me now for nearly 12 years um who is one of my assistant managers now and um, also um we when we moved to our new unit in 2015 um we wanted to make it and basically I used to look over the road from our old shop and look at it and go I want that to make that as a like a heaven for dogs like you know just an absolutely amazing safe space for dogs um and at the time I had a poorly dog which needed hydrotherapy I couldn't get to the hydrotherapy pool um which was about half an hour away and Hannah also had a dog that needed hydrotherapy we took that opportunity and just thought we're going to bring something we're taking a huge risk but we're going to bring something new to the area in the hope that like us their dog's need to receive hydrotherapy um, and are able to access it better if it's based in Glossop. Um, so with the help of lots of people, including my parents, um, we moved up to the unit. I had a brilliant team that could support us when, when we moved up, which was the biggest part of it. You know, I couldn't have done it without the team of staff members that we've got to move up there because they're part of it they've got to be able to support you while you're you know doing various different things um and we opened the doors in 2015 and we've basically been really busy ever since we've always been a busy salon we do up to 20 dogs a day um and now we have a space that can have a maximum of 25 dogs in daycare and we do up to nine dogs in hydrotherapy a day. So we have a lot of dogs coming through our front door every day, but we love it. Uh, you know, it's loud sometimes. It's, you know, a little bit crazy, but it, we all pitch in. You know, if someone needs a bit of help in the daycare area, then one of us all, you know, go over. And we're all kind of, the staff members are either level three animal care trained or level three in dog grooming trained me and hannah are also qualified in the hydrotherapy um i did my abc level three in um, hydrotherapy and she did her level four um and i also have completed my icmg which um i loved doing um i didn't realize how much information i could get from reading the kennel club book believe it or not um never would have thought until i did the, the course to just pick it up and read it because then when you're starting to talk to the staff members about oh yeah this is the shape of the foot on this breed or this is the indication of that's the largest terrier that we do and you know it was just i i loved it um Again, I did the exams, various different places, competitions um, in Newcastle, Derby College. It was just all over the place, meeting new people, making new friends. And some of those friends are still, you know, lifelong friends. Um, and I was very privileged to, to do the ICMG with some of the top groomers in the UK at the moment, which was yeah. was amazing. Um and yeah, like some people might know me from being involved with the Great North Groom, which was two years ago, which was a fantastic experience. Um, because I've recently had a baby, um, I'm not going to be involved in it this year, which um, I know they're 
there's going to be another one. Um, but I just can't with everything going on at work. It's just not possible. I can't. I can't manage it. Um, so, so yes, you've you've achieved a lot, haven't you? In the, in in you've achieved a lot in your short time that you've been in grooming. You you've just gone for it. And what I'd really like to sort of um, drill down into like when when you thought right I'm just going to open a shop did you go out and do research or did you just go out and just say no I'm going to do it a bit of, a, so yes I did do a bit of research and um, I wouldn't I would say it's a bit of vague research but I um contacted the local council and asked like what kind of costs I'd be looking at when I opened up a shop and they sent me on a free course oh. that was um I don't think it's around now but it was like just explaining what the costs were that you wouldn't usually see if you were a homeowner. Um, I was in rented accommodation, which is why I went for a shop. Um, but also for me, my feeling was the same. There's a lot of thought about everything. So the color of my logo is, is green because it's life, it's grass, it's fresh. It's got an indication of, you know, just just enjoyment for me with dogs um you, you know you can't beat a good dog walk with a good field of grass to run around on um and the shop I felt was I really have a massive respect for home groomers because I couldn't do it I know that uh, there's a lot of dogs that come to me because they need to be taken out of their own environment because they wouldn't allow their groomers or maybe a home groomer to brush them in their house but you bring them into a shop it's a different environment they they learn to see it as a positive thing that they come in and have a grooming process but then they go back to their owner and you know some you know some customers were just like I can't believe you can even brush them we can't go near them yeah I'm sure we've all heard those stories um so again went for a shop for a reason it was that you know you keep the mess in my shop I groom your dog in my shop and then give your dog back to you all fresh and clean and groomed so um I I I do think I was lucky that I learned I have a natural eye for shape so I think it when you're grooming you've got to look at the muscle build of the dog and work around your groom around that um and again, that, that comes with time with training as well. Um, there's some fantastic training courses out there now. There was never anything like that. We ne- like there was only straights. There was never curves when I started training. There was no. I think labradoodles had just been invented, and like it was the Kimberleen labradoodles were the only ones in existence. Um, but you know, it's uh, it it's amazing. I, I love my job. I love going to work every day. Um, and yeah, I love working with the team. When you got. when you opened your shop, um, did you have like notes from the grooming table next to you to complement your training course? Like, yeah. Oh my god, I got yeah. this like, yeah. dog coming in. What do I do yeah, about I think, it? <laughs> I think I've actually got a signed copy of Melissa Verplank's one from a seminar that I went to. Um, yes, I had that. I had so. I did. I couldn't afford an electric table. I was laughing the other day because I was like thinking about what the, what the equipment we set up with, and it was an, a school a school table with a H frame attached to it with some rubber matting on it, and um, that I got from like the second hand furniture shop. And then the bath was a shower base on a a brick stand of plinth with some plastic sides on it or some tiles or something, um, and it you know I did I, it was basic but. I loved, you know, loved working with dogs. Um, and then, yeah, so from the the grooming notes, I would go to a lot of seminars as well. I'd get myself out going to see, travelling around Birmingham and, and, and around the country to get as much information and knowledge as possible because I just knew that I'd never... I enjoy that. I enjoy learning. Um, I think it, I've tried to instill it within my team that it's... A massive important thing to keep moving your education forward because this business is always developing there's always something new coming out there's always new knowledge coming out um, and it's just and you meet new people if you take one thing away from a seminar it stays with you for life um mm. that's what i say is that even if you go to one seminar you take one thing away it will be massively helpful for you in your entire grooming career 
I think it's really important what you said about um, your startup and how you started really basic. And we were very similar. We had like what I call like a human bath and we put an inch inch of concrete in the bottom. So it was like non-slip. That served us for 15 years. We didn't have to buy like a fancy bath. You you don't, your setup startup costs don't have to be huge, do they? You don't have to follow... the trending do you have to have that yeah. hydro bath right from the beginning um for your setup yeah no definitely my my apprentices come in and you know my like work experience people come in and go oh you know this is just how it is and I was like no like <laughs> this is we've worked really hard to get these pieces of equipment in but like someone asked me uh, so I um groom Bedlington Terriers so one of my he's, he's old now but that's what my grooming competition started with Bedlington Terriers. Um, and I groomed the head on a demo a couple of years ago now with straight. And someone came up to me and she went, how you managed to do a curved head with straights? And I was like, because curves weren't existed when I started training. I had to learn how to use the different areas of the scissor to create that curve. Um, and it makes me feel really old <laughs> when I say that, but you know, that's, I, I, I train my staff to do a combination of clipping and scissoring. I said, scissoring is a massive importance in our job role. And whenever, um, and it was completed some training, I do ask whether they can learn to use their scissors correctly and to scissor up a leg, scissor up a face. Um, yeah. so yeah, suppose- brilliant. I suppose it's kind of um, down to it's the responsibility of the grooming schools to make sure that their students are coming out having yeah. learned, having learned all of the the straight scissors and the curved scissors. You know, give them learning about both, but don't lose that skill and don't. Yes. don't yeah. It's not. I wasn't going to say cheating, but it's not cheating, is it? But make sure you learn. No. learn if you have the right products for your job, it makes your job easier, doesn't it? Yeah. And yeah. you've got to save your wrists um, and. One of one of my girls recently completed some training, and she she's hesitant to use her straights, so she uses her thinners a lot. And I always come over and have a look at her dogs because she asked me to check through them. And I can say to her each time, "You're using your thinners too much. You're going to absolutely wreck your your, your wrists because if you do the." cut with a straight then you can blend it out with the thinners but don't make your straight cut with a pair of thinners um but yeah no it's it's you've got to have the right tools um to help you and then obviously if you can add the different tools in to help you get even quicker and complete the agreement at a higher standard making that customer happier then that's brilliant and, and so you quickly, um, you set up, you, you took the decision to um, go for a shop and then you quickly made the decision just to employ someone. How, how did that come about? Did you, was there any fear around that? Was there so, any research? Yeah, no, it felt more organic than, than employing someone because like I say, it was a family member. She was helping mm-hmm. me out and then it was a case of, right, I'm going to take the risk and I'm going to employ you. Um, and then I think... I have made the fatal mistake of, well, the business mistake of employing kind of a friend or things like that. And fortunately, it's worked out very well for me. But, you know, I have learned from mistakes um, and it, uh, you know, don't get me wrong. It's not all been roses all of the time, but I've learned from them each time. I've, I've had, I have, um I've ensured that I pay per month to make sure that all my contracts are up to scratch, that everyone's treated fairly, you know, I have all the safety measures in place um, because we are a larger business now. So I do owe that to my staff to, to provide them the best and professional kind of environment that any workplace would have. We do one-to-ones, we do, you know, staff nights out, meetings, um, just to keep everyone in the same loop because People do work different times. They do, you know, I might say it and think I've told everyone else, but I haven't. So it's, you know, it's a a vital thing to make them feel as it's a professional workplace for them as well. So have you, um, 
<laughs> have you reached out and got HR advice? Do you have like HR professional on board to help you with all this sort of stuff or do you do it all by yourself? So with Avonshaw, yes, I do. I'm not going to lie. They're not necessarily the most helpful. Um, I speak to a lot of other grooming uh, business owners to help me maybe figure things out um, and see how they work things. Um, but yeah, they're, they're there to call on if I need. Sorry, there's a dog barking at something on the, on the front door. <laughs> I've got a, a, a standard poodle who's six called right. Fletch and a Wellington Terrier who's 11, Eddie, and Minnie's 15, a Yorkshire Terrier. So, yeah, they're a little bit doolally sometimes and a little bit crazy, but they're never, lovely. Never work with kids and uh, animals. <laughs> Sorry, say that again. Never work with kids and animals. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. So, I never work with children, definitely work with animals. <laughs> the taking on your employees quite a big step and then um you've sort of just focused on your goals haven't you and your dreams you you've looked across the road and you want, you want that um that industrial estate you want that big building so have you ever written down your goals yeah. or have you just had it in your head and, and aspired to it yeah, no, never. I've never written down, but I've vocalised my goals. So um, I was speaking to this about with my my dad the other day. Um, he says you've always got the next step in your head, like whether it be in life or in business, you've always got the next step idea. And I think that's just me. Um, whether I'm just like a bit proactive, um, and I do want to try new things. I do want to see bring the best kind of products to the salon, the best equipment to the salon, um, do new events, um, hold informational talks for our clients. You know, there's, there's just so much to do. Um, and I enjoy doing that. You know, I enjoy thinking, right, okay. Well, it, so it does feel like it's a normal thing process for me. Um, and yeah, when I get that idea in my head, I then discuss it with people at work. I discuss it with my family members and then we look into it. So we say, okay, right, how feasible is that? You know, how how would the business have to work to accommodate that? With, For example, we've just added a, the water treadmill that I was talking about, which is going to cost me £27,000. Mm. But what we've done is we've broken that down into dogs. So how many dogs per month do we have to pe- to do to make that profitable um and due to covid we are currently on a very very low level of numbers in in the hydrotherapy room because of who we can allow in and who we want. Um, so we feel that once we're open back up to normal this is going to be a fantastic addition to our all the dogs that we've we have um, and will be gaining from not being able to accept new customers at the moment so yeah let's break it down into kind of understandable figures so I am the worst at maths like you talk to me about that and I wouldn't have a clue because I have to pay accountants to do that um and my dad who is my basically accountant that sorts out all our receipts every month and me off for not organizing my paperwork um so you know yeah it's it's a combined effort but um, I definitely haven't written them down, but I, I am always driven to do the next thing um, and see where it takes us. It might not necessarily always work. We, we, did, we brought in horse feed and chicken feed and things like that at work. And we've now just stopped that because it was just becoming an absolute pain. Storing mm. it, lifting it selling it was just you know not profitable so again you just have to work with it you just you say to your customers i'm really sorry we're not stocking it anymore because we can't afford to you know it was being delivered in a poor state um it wasn't satisfactorily to give to you guys and we were losing money so you know we 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 do we have to just adapt adapt the business i think that's a really good lesson that um writing down so you you're spending quite a lot of money but to overcome that fear or to make it look 
to, to, to understand it, you write down and work out um, how many dogs you need to do to then make up that money. And by having yeah. all that information yeah. in front of you, you can then make that decision, can't you? Yeah, I think that was started from the beginning when I started because I was 23. So I got the um, Prince's Trust right. um, and they had they, they, the, the Prince's Trust loan and they, they told me and taught me about how to do a business plan and work out my costs and expenditures and stuff. And, um, and that was fantastic. You know, that again, that's only available to those of, of that under 25, I think, is it now? Um, but there is... You know, it, it, it is just breaking it down to an understandable figure. And we know that we have to do one dog extra a day to afford a water treadmill, for example. And how to do... We have, we do, I, I don't know. Go on. Sorry, go on. I was going to say, you, um, you, you did your dog grooming and then you wanted to diversify into hydrotherapy. And I know there's people within the group that are interested in hydrotherapy. Um, what sort of process was that? It's quite a big outlay, isn't it, in equipment uh, and your training? Is that quite expensive? Yeah, so, um, yeah, it, it's, yeah, so the course itself is very similar cost to what you would pay for a training of dog grooming for your level three um the important thing now is that it's it it's the experience within the water um i was fortunate to train down it was miles away in southampton but it, it was um because i'd done my level three dog grooming my level three in animal care and my ICMG, they said that I was at that level where I didn't have to do the full term training. I could do a lot working from home. Um, at the mo at that time, I also had a one year old, so I think they thought it'd be it would be better for me. But I had to do over a hundred hours in the water um, for experience, which was great, um, and I loved it. And and I can't, you know, fault the training that I received. Um, the hydrotherapy, the way I describe it to customers is that I might as well just stand next to the pool and throw money in because <laughs> that's how much it, it costs a lot of money. We spend over a thousand pounds a month on electricity because the, the pool has to be filtered 24 seven. Um, it has to be heated. Um, we, we, we um, provide therapy for dogs within a 31 degree um, pool. So it has to be heated all of the time. Um, and we have to monitor the levels of chemicals three times a day and add chemicals where it needs to be balanced to make sure that we're getting rid of any bugs or any debris or anything like that to keep it safe for the dogs that are swimming and the, and the hydrotherapists in the pool. Um, so, sorry, my battery just went then. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's very expensive, but it the the things that we can provide for the care of dogs is outweighed. Um, if you, you know, if you're fortunate to have some land in your house that you could have a water treadmill or to dig a hole for a small pool, then you, you know, it'd be a fantastic business opportunity to do that. If, you, if that's something that you're interested in, um, the, you were just talking about the veterinary society act. Um, it's very, very hard to get the recognition from your local vets you have to work alongside them um everything every customer that comes in to us has to have a vet consent form to make sure that they've not got any underlying health problems like a heart murmur that would prevent them from swimming or a, um, a serious level of seizures um so every dog that we have whether it be fun fitness or rehabilitation swim has to have a vet consent form that their vets are saying that they're happy for them to swim um, and then we book them in and give them an assessment and decide from there what treatment we need to do. Usually it's a, a weekly treatment to for a cruciate ligament operation, a luxating patella to hopefully stop them from having an operation. We would say it needs a treatment of a once a week swim for 10 weeks for us to be able to see a four to six centimetre gain of muscle. And then we would reassess from there. Um, so, yeah, it's working alongside your local vets, 
mm-hmm. as a groomer they didn't trust me at first like they they were skeptical of our knowledge um even though we could provide them with all the training that we had they were a bit like hmm, you know <sighs> yeah do but now they see the now they see the results that we have had on the dogs they are starting to really respect us as hydrotherapists which has been a long process but it's it's a lovely position to be in now I'm going to um, I'm going to tag our vet friend who's in our group um, in this conversation so that she hopefully that will listen to this part of the conversation at least and and she's very much wants yeah to, no well I, I she wants to break down the barriers I have a lot of respect yeah I have a lot of respect for vets um don't get me wrong they are my sister-in-law has, is a is a vet um now a small animal vet she was a large animal vet um I the amount of training that they have to do and the amount of knowledge they have to have in their head every day is unbelievable. Um, and I've got nothing against any vets. You know, it's just, it's just a professional working relationship we have had to gain with our local vets and people who refer to us as that we are qualified. We are treating these dogs carefully um, within their limits and get gaining the results that we want with them being able to walk again, being able to use that limb again, fully functioning. Um, so yeah, the, the, it's, it's been a process, but I think if I hadn't have been a groomer before, maybe it might've been, you know, if I'd come in as a groomer hydrotherapist and they'd only known me as that then that might have been different but I'd been in business as a groomer for seven years before that so I think they were a little bit like okay we'll give you we'll give you the benefit of the doubt but we're still going to monitor you <laughs> and do can you use hydrotherapy for weight loss do you run like weight loss clinics yeah yeah we've had fantastic um results in various sizes of dogs um it's not an overnight thing though people do think oh just because i could that you know i can get my dog swimming and they'll lose weight uh, it's a long process again we're looking at 10 weeks um at least to see kind of a significant loss but it won't be a lot of the time it's about the work at home as well you know the the non-feeding non-giving treat um but it's just that it's a full body workout so that you know they're they're every single muscle gets worked every single vein is being produced with a lot of blood and fresh blood into that area so they're just getting a full body workout and what we love seeing is is the the endorphin rush of the dogs after the swim where even if they don't necessarily love swimming they get the rush of endorphins from from the exercise and they're just like bouncing around like puppies we have to warn all of our customers to be careful especially the dogs that have any medical conditions to be like right they're going to go home they're going to bounce around like a puppy please keep them safe uh, from maybe like damaging themselves further on that injury yeah yeah, never really thought of that. They, they get out of the swimming pool and they're like, "Woo!" <laughs> uh, so, some of them, like we we fully tell our customers. Some of them only come for the gravy bone at the end. You know, we fully know that they don't enjoy the hydrotherapy necessarily. And I'm, I'm not talking about that. It's a it's a punishing thing. They'll go in, they'll do their exercise, but they won't necessarily be like those Labradors that you see jumping into the water. None of the Labradors in our centre do jump because that's not allowed. Uh, but you know, then they're not um, they're not the the most natural, maybe. Um, but they go home and the customers see a benefit for their pain relief, so they can reduce their pain relief. They can go on. Um, they have more energy. They feel better. They start to do things that they don't. They, they've noticed they don't do. So like jumping into the car or getting up on the sofa they might not have been able to do that um so yeah it's, it's just amazing what we can kind of give them back um a new lease of life yeah for a lot of the dogs that come in i can relate to that we we took on some dachshunds actually and um got a bit of weight off them and going up the stairs became a lot easier for one of them so it's made a real difference yes yeah, yeah. so you, you yeah no it's 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 fantastic <laughs> You've embarked on your, your grooming, you've expanded into hydrotherapy, and then doggy daycare then came along, or is that just a natural um, No, so, well, yeah, so it was it was more, we set up the unit to concentrate on grooming and hydrotherapy, and we had this space that we knew was going to be a space probably for 
what we thought were the areas of the dogs that have been groomed to wait for their owners and have a play. So it was a play area, but it was never going to be daycare like we didn't. And it kind of just fell quite naturally into that because there were dogs that don't come in for grooming were wanting to come in and be cared for. The, the thing that people kind of don't see about daycare is that usually the dogs that you have in might have issues being left on their own. Um, so they might have destructive tendencies. They might have um, separation anxieties. They So we do deal with lots of kind of behavioral issues, but we work within the environment with our dog trainer um, in daycare to to help them to you know to encourage playing socialization um di- different mind games different and, and it's 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 amazing what we can do like but there's some dogs that we have um, a romanian rescue which he can't be left alone because he will eat anything and he and he was in the first two weeks of the owners having him he yet he was opened up three times because of the things that he'd eaten that they just didn't think that he would do but he did (laughs) so there are things like that for for safety reasons that the dog does need to come to daycare and can't be left alone um and then there are puppies that come in once a week just to have a play with their mates you know so it's it's lots of flexibility it kind of naturally happens um and now because of the COVID puppy boom effectively is that we see a lot more dogs needing daycare. Um, We don't accept everything and we have an initial assessment for two hours. We are quite strict now um, on who we will allow in and um, we're able to care for because um, I don't agree with early castration, but we have seen within the daycare environment the issues that an entire male can create um, with various issues with guarding females, guarding other dogs, um, humping, which is not nice. And again, we, we have to work on those dogs. And some of, the, some of the entire males are fine. We don't kind of flat out say no, but mm. we do now have to warn customers that unfortunately we're not assessing over seven months old for entire males now um lots of daycares don't accept them after six months whatsoever um so yeah again it's, it's just it's had to be a learning curve for us with that one and looking at other daycares to see what they do and why they do it yeah and what sort of um bureaucracy is there behind daycare because i think we were discussing this the other day like dog grooming yeah. is unregulated but, yeah. Uh, so, we have, so to say we have three areas, two of them are regulated. So our hydrotherapy is heavily regulated with our checks that we have to do with our chemicals. Our, we have to send our water away to be checked. Um, and obviously all of the fees that we have to do CPD, we have to record every year um, and our first aid. So we're heavily monitored on there. And then we're also heavily monitored on the daycare. So we have um, drop-in drop-in inspections uh, by our local council um, they come and every year we have to update our license so we have to pay 250 pounds a year for our license and it weirdly works on like a one star basing and then you can gain a five star but that has to be you have to be in so many years in existence and it's very odd um, how that works but so we we up each year we up our star level um, and obviously they check that we have enough square meterage. They monitor the amount of dogs that we can have in. So obviously we only have a maximum of 25. That's very rare. Um, we work on about 18 a day um, is, is the level that we currently do. Um, and then they have to have their full vaccinations or their teeter testing or tighter testing, however you want to say it. Um, and we have to have that recorded within their file. Um, And we do, like I said, we do a two hour initial assessment. We give them a long three page form for information about their owners, the the emergency contact, any details and behavioral um, grooming aspects, everything that we can provide to get that information to make sure that we fully know that dog correctly. And then obviously dog grooming, we've got nothing. So it's a bit weird. Um, so, uh, So our dog can come into 
daycare, uh, sorry, for grooming with no vaccinations, but it couldn't come into our daycare area, which is just across the wall. So it doesn't make sense to us. Um, I'm fully for being regulated. I'm fully for asking my customers for evidence that of vaccinations, whether it be, again, the argument of the over vaccination could be another conversation, but it, the teeter testing is an option now. So it can be given they can have their teeth to test and they can provide that as evidence. Um, so, yeah, it's um, it's a bit weird, but I'm happy to do that because the checks are there to make sure that we are providing a level of care for the dogs in our care. Mm. Um, and I'm happy to do that because it's about being professional for, for the, the dogs that we have in. So do the council stipulate a certain square meterage per dog or? Yeah, so they, they come and check your area and say, right, this space means you are allowed this many dogs. So obviously, if we, if we had a larger space, then we would have more, we would be allowed more dogs. But again, that's absolutely fine. We strictly abide by it. Um, we turn away dogs if they turn up. We have theme days, um, which are always really busy and they get booked up. Um, and we just, you know, some people will turn up on the day to hope that they can have daycare and we've said, really sorry, we can't, that yeah. the, the, the levels are met at the moment. So, um, so yeah, we, we, we follow that strictly. Um, do, they, so, yeah. do, they, do they say that, um, I, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, like these imagined places where you take your kids to like big soft play areas and stuff like that. I'm kind of imagining. Yeah. Did the, did the council say you've got to have so much entertainment or stimulation for the dogs? Or? No, they don't, um, which is a, is a shame. Um, it is more based on the kennel environment. So, they, you know, it's, it's checking kennels, it's checking boarding facilities. And obviously we state that we're not a boarding facility, we are a daycare. But their spot checks is obviously to make sure if we were having them in and there was absolutely nothing around, then they would question our our suitability for being a daycare we have like you say we have the soft play um, <laughs> blocks we have the only thing we don't really that scares me is trampolines and balls um like we have the larger balls that they can like butt around with their noses um but tennis balls always end up in an argument so we don't <laughs> we don't have tennis balls <laughs> no if you have my labrador in there you wouldn't have a tennis ball after no minutes, no yeah no <laughs> no they'd be ripped apart and yeah it would they'd be dead all over the place <laughs> so um do the council then stipulate how many employees you have to have per number of dogs or and yes. more sort of yeah. isn't it in that way? Yeah. So again, it's got to be um so you're it, it's a bit like child mining. So you can have a certain amount per one person, and then for every additional per six, you have more. So I think we're allowed my daycare manager will probably correct me on this, <laughs> but um I think it's 10 for the first dog dogs for the first person and then you have to have another additional staff for every six um so we have a vet we, usually we have between the areas so we float around in the different areas of the grooming and high uh, grooming and daycare hmm. so we usually have four in grooming and two in the daycare area depending on levels of dogs that are booked in um that's where it gets tricky is obviously the people that don't book in and turn up but then if we have a larger number, then someone in grooming could float over into the daycare area. Again, that's why it's important for the, our staff to have the level three um, in animal care or uh, grooming of some form of training because that's required by the um, daycare licensing as well. It's, it's just crazy, isn't it? And one day Ofsted will probably get involved and you'll have to keep uh, learning records for the dogs. <laughs> yeah, probably. And to be honest, we, that's something that we kind of look towards is, is, is you know, having records of what the dogs do. Um, you know, I'm just going to plug my phone in because it's going to die. Um, and, you know, who their best mates are and things like that. So we're always looking at how we can develop that better for the customer and the dogs. So, yeah. Awesome. And so um, someone, Scarlett, is um, watching and um, she said, obviously, it's a very busy um, business that you're running. What do you use for all your bookings and monitoring all your bookings and your diary? Are you computerized? Oh, oh. You computerized or you got yeah, a... So, 
Yeah, so this is a sore subject. Um, so uh, we were with something called Pet Links. I think it was, it's. I think it was something else beforehand. So this is like a good. We've been with them for seven years, I think. So we've been computerized for quite a while, um, because I couldn't deal with writing it down. Um, I don't know why, but I just. I just thought it'd be easier to have it in one space, which was a computer rather than lots of little files of cards. And um, along with that, though, comes its issues. You know, your, your computer breaks or your internet isn't working or the system's down. Um, I, uh, the, the system we're on isn't suitable for us. So we're about to move over to Savvy Pet. And um, mm-hmm. after quite a lot of um, research from me, of various different ones um i just i just i just prefer that there's someone on the end of the line to be able to help me i'm more of a talky person rather than a technical person so i'll i'll ask i was on the phone to lou various times um over the last couple of days discussing about right how do i do this how do i do that and she went through like a little bit of a staff training with us with all the girls that were there so yeah it was um we're just moving over to Savvy Pet. So we haven't been sending out reminders for appointments. Um, and we're noticing that there's a massive, like every day we were having at least five phone calls a day saying, can you remind me of this appointment? Can you remind me of that? So that was really important. We really want to do that. Now we're having to send out lots of contracts for, you know, for the daycare, for the hydrotherapy. That's also an easier element to be able to send out because we ask, we can email it over to a customer, but they don't have a printer. So, then we have that issue that we're back and forth with various pieces of paper. So, um, so yeah, it's it's electronic. It's got to be. I'm upgrading it at the moment. We and I, you know, I want to get to have. We've only got one main computer outside in reception. We did have a receptionist before COVID, um, but due to COVID, we've never actually replaced that position as yet. But we are probably going to get to the point where we can because they they are vital. They they are a massive member of the team. Um, it's just very difficult to find someone that can understand that working in our place would mean picking up poo as well. <laughs> <laughs> like a poo a poo bonus. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's 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 not the usual reception job, is it? So you know, when you say receptionist, we all say you know you've got to be okay with hair in your tea and you know the loud noises of the barking and you know the dogs coming in that hasn't had time for a dog walk before they they can walk into reception and accidentally have a poo and the dog the dog owner goes, oh my god, how who's done that? That <laughs> so, wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. The, um, we 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 employed a, a receptionist for many years, and then she retired on us. But she came back. Yeah. <laughs> she walked back oh, into the shop um, around Christmas yeah. time and said, "You know, I, I don't want to be at home anymore. Can I have my old job back?" So so Kim's back. Oh, with and I, you know, there's arguments for and against. There, you could yeah. say, well, they're not a fee. They're not a fee gen- earning position. Yes. Are yeah. they? Because they're like the they first. They generate person. your appointment, so yeah. It's it. Um, when when we had a receptionist, I was very careful to say that they were a vital member of the team, even though that they didn't feel like they were a skilled member of staff. They were because they they were they were the face of our business, um, and that was quite that was quite a hard thing for me to uh, learn to let go as well. So from being a lone groomer and like a hairdresser you know they came to me I'm still grooming dogs that I've groomed for the last 13 14 years so um you know everyone kind of prefers the style that but now now we've got a larger team obviously someone will say can I have my hair cut with Hannah can I book it with Amy can I book it with Kerry so yeah it's um it's it's like hairdressers everyone trims slightly different so it's whatever works for you and the dog so what's um what's next for your business? What what are you what's your, what's on your horizons now? What are you dreaming about? Now you've got your daycare, yeah. your hydro- so, 
I've got my eye. I've got my eye on. So the, <laughs> the treadmill was a big, big dream. That so that's that's like been in in our. We wanted to have a treadmill when we first moved in in 2015, but the building work ran over, so we couldn't. So the treadmill is a massive achievement for our hydrotherapy team, and we're really, really excited about what that will bring. Um, along with that, I'm sure it will bring me more kind of heart attacks with breaking of things and because water and electrics really don't mix but (laughs) we have to deal with it um and then um we have got our eye on next doors unit so we've got a fantastic neighbor neighboring unit that have a very very successful window business and they need to move they inquired originally with us a couple of years ago and said we found a place would you be interested in taking our lease over and we were but there there it fell through for them so we ended up having to just rethink our plans um and I've said to them like whenever you want to move we'll move into it because it has an outside area on the end of it on the on the the side the full length of the unit it has an outside area that we could safely gate off and have that space for the daycare dog so we wouldn't move the grooming and hydro but that our daycare would be doubled in size um so that's the next step really um i've got dreams of like having vets under the same roof um having a you know a mezzanine dog cafe you know I've, I've got it all in my head but whether it's actually achievable at the moment with three children and everything else going on in life it's another thing but I'll I'll keep working working with the team you know encouraging them to be stronger members of the team so we can continue building so that's that's where we're at we've got a fab, fab team at the moment really excited where we could go so we're currently employing more daycare members of staff. Like I say, we'll probably next look. Um, we need another hydrotherapist to be able to provide physio and uh, possibly look at receptionists as well, meaning they can be the front front of house. And do you think you'll ever make yourself redundant? Or do you think, so that's like one of the aims is to make yourself redundant. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, people keep saying that. And, and I have a five-month-old uh, baby and I've been at work from him being about six weeks old. Um, COVID thankfully gave me a little bit more time to be at home with him. Um, and I, I was really grateful of that. But most of my children, I've been back from them being eight weeks old, um, only part-time because um, I've been lucky to do that with the staff that I've got. And But now... Uh, I went from going, yeah, I'm going to do three or four days a week and I'm back at five. But it's, <laughs> I, I, I just enjoy doing, like I made you laugh because I said, I feel like I know what I'm doing more in, in grooming than I do being a parent. So sometimes it's easier. But um, no, I love my boys, bless them. But um, I do, I do enjoy what I do. So whether it be that I, I don't think I'll be ever, I don't want to be redundant. I do want to be in the business, whether I can be, um, I love the idea of doing the kind of head stylist, you know, assistant, like you see in the hairdressers. And I know some people have done that successfully. And that is probably where we would like to go. So I do that higher level of grooming or the, the, the person that specifically asks for them. Again, that would be reiterated with the, the stylists in the salon if they if they have a customer that specifically wants them do they charge a little bit differently i don't know um we have um we are known for our styles so you come to us to be styled um either breed standard or to have a nice scissor cut um like i say some customers don't necessarily want that they want a short back and sides and we still do the the, the all offs um which is no problem at all um but uh yeah we just keep keep that high level of standard um like i say bringing the different products to customers and um always looking for the next kind of achievement that we can do for their care so well, i've got a question because um our business is going through this at the moment where um we 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 have we don't have as, as many employees as you but we are we are able to take on 
um, a lot more dogs in a day than many consumers. We're getting to a point where we're we're not seeing the waifs and strays, but we're seeing a lot of the matted dogs or the the dogs with behavioural issues. How do you structure your your grooming? Do you say to your customers, it's six and eight weeks only? Or do you say, yeah, we'll we'll take in anything and everything that comes comes our way? I'd love yeah no i'd love to, i'd love to i'd love to do that and we do encourage the six mm. to eight weeks and, I, and I, i'd say maybe 50 percent of our customers book in on leaving so i think they they book in for their customer i think i've got like two customers that book for the entire year um and then everyone else will either rebook um 50% would rebook on their next visit because they know that they're going to have if they want a specific time and date we always say you need to book in as soon as you know um and we love an organized person but um a lot of it is booking in as and when they need we still have a lot of regulars so i've i've never got you know there's always going to be groomer hoppers um which we're fine about um and it, you just have to work them around you, you know, if, if they're not a regular customer and you're not going to offer them the next appointment necessarily, you might have to say, right, well, we've got an appointment in a two weeks time. We're usually booked up about a week in advance. Um, but then like over COVID, we were like having a six, seven week wait. But I, I'm very jealous of all these people that say, you know, we can close our books um and and have regular people booked in but i think for our business it wouldn't necessarily work amazingly because i wouldn't know staff members holidays for the year i wouldn't um it works for us we can you know build it around whereas i have massive respect for these people that have got their diary ready for the year but i don't know when i'm going on holiday for example in the summer or anything like that you know it's it's we work it around what works for yeah, we- the staff we're trying to get to a position where, um, you know, these we're getting dogs that are coming in that are matted and, you know, it's not satisfying for the dog. It's not satisfying no. for us. Yeah. So and the end result's not satisfying for the customer no. and it's more expensive. So we're just trying to start to nudge, I suppose, is the model. Yeah. So I think the, con- the shave-off forms are quite useful for that, aren't they? Yeah. Um, they reiterate how serious a consequence a shave-off is. Um, and we use the shave-off forms to reiterate that your dog may have skin issues going on under there. They will be in pain from the coat that's being uh, pulled in various different ways. It's not something we like to do. Um we don't like the look of it on the dog and the dog become can become quite stressed, therefore leading it being quite a stressful situation for the dog and the groomer. Um, we ask them to rebook in after, if they, so they come in matted, we say, right, we need to see them in six to eight weeks, no less, um, for an, a, a tidy up. So if they've been shaved off and we want to go back to a style, we'll say, right, we, we can bring them in for a bath and a tidying up. Um, maybe a, a scissoring of the legs just to kind of get the, that style back. Um, and if they if they turn up, then fantastic. You've got someone who wants to work with you. If they don't, we mark them as a, a, as a customer that doesn't really want to listen to us. Um, and we'll, you know, again, if they ring up, we'll say, well, we had you booked in at this date. Um, for some reason that was cancelled and now this dog is is matted you do understand and again it's it, it is we feel like a broken record but you have to reiterate to customers that they're not they're not knowledgeable like us they don't see it's like nurses you forget that not everyone works with dogs all of the time so you do have to reiterate that it isn't enjoyable if you if you don't brush your hair every day your head's going to hurt you know it's, it's going to get knotted it you know you wash your hair every other day every whatever it's it you have to i relate it to a human experience for a lot of my customers i say it's exam for example it's like this or i'll re- relate it to my own experiences with my own dogs um, and it, or, or experiences with other dogs and just relate it to something that they can understand and and that's that's it, it takes time and it's, it is an effort um but I'm, I'm sure that someone can come up with a better idea than I but that's the way we currently work is just 
reiterating that having a matted coat is not enjoyable for the dog. It's not enjoyable for us. It's it you know completely ruins our equipment, and we can't get the best finish on your dog, making them look the best that they can be. That's pretty quite a good point when you're charging. Uh, sorry, when you're charging a bit extra for the mats, you're, you're looking at costs on your equipment as well, aren't you? You're looking, yeah, you're planting your scissors and your blades and stuff. So yeah, be including your dematting charges, I should think. Yeah, definitely. And and like I get referred a lot of dogs from vets, so shave offs that have been to maybe another groomer. They've not been able to finish the groom, um, but there are very simple things that again from more education going to seminars listening to webinars listening to podcasts listening to watching programs on youtube and stuff um i had a recent dog in that had couldn't be finished by a local groomer she referred it to a vets the vets rang me and said it's a shave off are you able to complete this we knew the dog and all it needed was a good bath and a wet clip um because she you know she she in her I'm not understanding of what the benefit of cleaning that dog's coat, no matter how matted that may be, means that you can get the clipper underneath the mats, meaning that the dog isn't stressed, doesn't irritate the dog, and you need a pair of clippers that are obviously um, not plugged into the wall so you don't give yourself an electric shock. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. It's just uh, interesting to speak to someone with a similar size business to see whether you have the same sort of issues as we do and I think yeah yeah a little bit of uh, compassion fatigue as well going on where yeah. you just like one after another after another and it gets gets yeah. you down doesn't it yeah definitely and like um I think like you say the when you don't have that fixed clientele booking in you know that regular this person in and this date and this person in and this date it's it's brilliant for if that works for you as a customer uh, as a groomer, sorry. And like I say, I'm very jealous of my friends that have closed their books and can have it organised like that. But it doesn't work like that at the minute for us. Um, but we go with it. It's not It's not a huge issue. Um, we try to reiterate to our customers, can you book in? And then you get priority of that appointment time. It just doesn't seem to work that much, but it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't. But um, yeah, it's 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 good. Every day's different, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. I have to write some more blogs about it. Uh, going back to our talk yesterday with Rachel Spencer, she's like, write some blogs and get the information out there and educate your customers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I think it, it, so everyone who's a groomer will know Facebook, your social media, it's now a huge part of your business and you have to go home and you do that. You went through my Facebook page recently and I was like, yeah, that's probably not working or that's probably out of date. And, and you know, I hold my hands up. Things are not um, perfect all the time. Our, our Facebook page is very active for our daycare, um, yet our grooming salon is as busy or busier and we don't have time to take photos of the dogs. Um, we are trying to incorporate that in. We try to make an effort to at least do one dog a day. Um, so, yeah, and then, but it's just having, you know, you come home, life, I have to get three children to bed and then I need to do my social media. And by that time, it's like, will anyone even see that post? But again, you learn about timed posts. You, you know, take a group of photos, but you can spread them out um just yeah like you say listening to you for your advice on on how to use instagram refresh yourself about what you need to do and all of the google reviews and stuff and like i get google reviews in my email it's like someone's left you a review and i'm like eh? you know like i didn't even realize i'm still doing that so yeah you know you need to it's there's so many areas you have to cover as a business owner and by all means you're not going to necessarily keep on top of them all of the time but you just have to keep kind of chipping away at those areas and and do the best that you can do well maybe that's part of your um new job description for the receptionist social media manager as well you know what it's always been involved in there and their job role and it's never really happened because they've always been too busy um, and that, that sounds ridiculous but like every person that we've employed, I've said, can you take over the social media? Can you do a photo of a dog that's going in for hydro? Can you take a photo of your favourite dog of the day? Um, and it just never happened. 
it's just like oh uh, we have all the best intentions it we really have but it's you know we thought about like photo stalls outside in reception area but then you've got then that means it's waiting for a customer to use that area and a dog that might be have behavioral issues might be coming into reception that needs no dogs in there you know it's it's so difficult and there's no perfect perfect answer but you just have to keep moving and changing with with how things move in your business so that's what we do we all we all have these uh wonderful ideas and these wonderful sort of we want to do this but sometimes it's just it's so difficult because of the time yes time issue yeah Yeah. and like i say to our customers i was like they go oh they've got a few mats and i was like it's all right you know life is life and I'm not going to pretend I go home and brush my dogs faithfully every day because I don't so you know I'm very truthful with with them and try to be human a human to human of like it's it's okay as long as that dog's happy and comfortable and we if we have to shave their coat off its hair it will grow and as long as they're the main priority is they're happy and healthy and just enjoying life if your dog's haircut is massively long and it's not enjoying you know it's not suitable for your lifestyle and the dog's lifestyle let's get to a more manageable length and you know just work with the customer and the dog to achieve that so so yeah it's good awesome well i've probably kept you uh, a bit a little bit longer than we thought we would. I don't so. know what time it is yet. So yeah, I'll have to go back to the builders and make sure that they've not not knocked any walls down that they're not meant to. Will you get ready? Are you open tomorrow or opening on Monday? No, no. So the builders are still in tomorrow. They, yeah, bless him. They because uh, they had bank holiday off that they're working mm. on Saturday, <laughs> and then got flooring guys going in on Sunday. And then the builders are working on the inside of the pool room then. So obviously they've made it safe for the daycare. And then we'll be able to put daycare dogs on our new flooring from Tuesday, hopefully. So, um, yeah, we've just got to get open again. That We we had a backlash, a backlash from our customers saying, why on earth are you doing this now? You've been closed for COVID. And I just said we hadn't got any funding at that point. You know, it was a, a position that we didn't have the money to be there. So, um We've we've just put it put it straight back into the business, so hopefully it'll be enjoyed by the dogs. Yeah, awesome. Well, I, I look forward to um, seeing the updated photos on your Facebook page. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and working videos. Yeah, yeah. Get, some videos, <laughs> get some videos walking around your shop, to showing your customers what you've done and all the exciting yeah. things coming for their pets. But thanks. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for taking the time out today to speak to us. And hopefully it's inspired some of the, the groomers on the group to sort of think big. It is possible. Yeah. You know, yeah. That fear sort of hold you back. Definitely. You know, you employ 10 people, you're VAT registered, you're a limited company, yeah. you're, you know, you've grown and grown and grown. You've not let things hold you back. So I think that's... Yeah, and, and, and reach out to other groomers as well. Like you say, you reached out to me, I reached out to you, I asked some business questions on what you do it's about speaking to people um not everyone is horrible you know not everyone will be secretive they will have a talk to you I, anyone's welcome to kind of ask me any questions and you know it's 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 nice to help people and have a chat i will learn from someone else ideas that they're doing in their business and they will learn from us so it's like you say it's just about talking about it it bouncing ideas off and speaking to other people for their experiences definitely definitely that's great well, thank, thank you for your time and we'll catch up with you soon hopefully thank you take care brilliant see you later Bill. have a lovely day bye